0: Companies who need to put in large warehouses and big manufacturing facilities and things, they typically have to go outside the city to be able to get the land that they need. So then there's all these jobs that fill in in the middle, and then the commute's even less. So buying in the path of growth, if the numbers work, is the thing to do.
1: Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host,
0: Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here, Heather Marchant.
1: Such a good day.
0: Oh. Man, it's the time of year when Charleston really doesn't suck. Mm. I mean, in the, pretty much all year, Charleston doesn't suck, but really, really doesn't suck now. So
1: You have a beautiful place to live. I definitely, every time I'm out there, I'm like, wait, why do I live in the mountain areas that are snowy and cold in the winter? What am I doing? So
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: it happens. It happens.
0: Well, Heather, right before the uh, show, Heather was concerned that she had sent me a kissy face Emoji in the text because she was trying to send it to Doug. Probably (laughs) one of those. Hey, I'm I'm getting ready to go on the podcast. (laughs) Kissy face. I said, well, if you had, that's not really that big of a deal because I actually (laughs) sent this like life kind of. You create your own little. I don't even know what you call it. You create your own little
1: a personal emoji or I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then they have all these different little ones. Once you create your face, whatever. One of them is the dudes laying there. There are little cartoon dudes laying there naked with like hearts and roses all over them. I was trying to send that to my wife and I sent it to a new client that I had not even spoken with yet. Like it was a referral from somebody else too. I was like, oh.
1: My I gosh. might have tears. Oh my gosh. That's so funny.
0: I sent them back real quick and I was like, yeah, that was for my wife. And they thought it was hilarious. Probably a good icebreaker. So I guess the moral of the story is if you need an icebreaker, that's a good one. Yeah,
1: true. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Hey, we're buddies now.
0: Rip the clothes off. Put parts (laughs) off. I am not condoning sending actual naked images of yourself with hearts. That's over the top. That kind of an icebreaker probably won't work out well. Yeah, no. So, yeah, just word of the wise.
1: Well, the funny thing is I sent Doug as my husband a kissy face emoji because you'll appreciate this, Ron. He went to the store this morning and bought me power greens for my smoothie. And he said, they're in the fridge when you're done recording your Mm. podcast. And I was like, oh, he's the best. So, yeah.
0: He's the best. He brought me a bunch of really gross tasting stuff.
1: (laughs) Some greens. You're welcome.
0: So today we're going to do our infamous lightning round. Yes. Which is an unprepared list of questions from, well, all of you guys and our clients. And so that's what we're going to do.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we get questions that are just short answers and we're going, yeah, that's not a whole podcast, you know, to talk about that one topic.
0: So. Well, yeah. And sometimes we don't think it's a whole podcast. Then we answer it on here and people are like, well, <laughs> maybe that is a whole podcast. Could you just explain it? So anyway, <laughs> these are good. And in the past, people have really liked it. Well, we'll see what happens today. Who knows?
1: Okay. I'll read off the first question. To explain the tax benefits of owning rental properties, if you're not a real estate professional or don't have the ability to accelerate the depreciation.
0: Yeah, so we have spent quite a bit of time talking about the accelerated depreciation because it's way more fun. I mean, for being honest, it's way more fun. But this doesn't suck either, it's really attractive. And here's the reason it's attractive, folks. Name another investment where you can actually make cash flow that should be taxed, it's income, right? It should be taxed, but it's not taxed because you get an offsetting credit from the government. Yes. I mean, it's pretty cool. So here's how it works. Even the government hasn't figured out how to depreciate land. Land doesn't depreciate. Okay. So you can take the value of the structure. Mm -hmm. You can divide it by 27 and a half years because the government in their wisdom said that's how long houses last. (laughs) right?
1: I like the half.
0: And that's what you get every single year is what you can depreciate off of your taxes, right? So, if you have a $100,000 house, the structure, okay, then you get, what is it? $3,600?
1: Yeah, something like that. I'm like, oh, I wasn't quick enough with my calculator.
0: I think it's 3600 bucks. I didn't do the math. You can tell we haven't prepped for this, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, 36. Good job. Thirty six. Thirty six point thirty six.
0: Come on. I mean, that's pretty close. <laughs> so you get $3,600 tax deduction. So if your property cash flowed $300 a month, you don't have to pay taxes. You have an offsetting depreciation, awesome, which is pretty cool. Yes. Okay. Now, what I was going to say, which would have really screwed that up, is that when you cost segregate, you actually do get to write off the infrastructure in the ground. Mm. So not the dirt itself, but any infrastructure that's put in there. But that was unrelated to the question. So- I was going to go off on a tangent and confuse everybody. So it's very simple. 27 and a half years, 3.63% per year. That's what you get.
1: And I have a lot of people that ask, like they don't really understand why you would be able to depreciate and what that means. And one thing I use to explain it is if you're sitting in your house and you look around, you know that you're going to have to replace some of the stuff in your house before 27 and a half years, right? Like,
0: Well, your roof, roofs last 20 years, right? So
1: yes, you'll have things that fail sooner than that. And the example I know I've shared on this podcast before is I replaced a sink in our first house we bought. I replaced a sink and six years later it failed and we had to replace the same faucet.
0: Now, I will say this. Many of you out there are sitting in houses that were built pre-1960 and you're trying to figure out just how many of the nine lives that your house has that you've been through for the government. Listen, we could do a whole series of of shows on how completely jacked up the government is. But that's irrelevant to the point. They give you a tax deduction over 27 and a half years. You just take it. Don't ask any questions because it's really not going to do you any good to try to <laughs> you know dig into that. It's like digging in a scab. Ultimately, it's just going to bleed. Yeah. It's going to get all over everything. And then you got to scab it back over again for it to heal. So just leave it alone.
1: And just make sure your accountant knows like, hey, I have this rental property. Can I depreciate that? I mean, if you don't have an accountant that's experienced in owning real estate, you might consider getting a new one. But if that's not an option, and maybe it's your brother in law, then (laughs) you make sure you ask some questions about rental properties. So, all right, Ron, second one, buying in the suburbs... So this question came up because we have a lot of property right now in the outskirts of Oklahoma City. Mm. And it's really interesting, you guys, because these are commuter cities. They're like 30, 45 minutes from downtown or maybe from the city limits, I guess. I'd have to look up a map. But it's close enough that people would drive into work. And a lot of those areas, they don't have enough housing in those smaller cities, big builders aren't really going in there and building houses. And so why would owning in a suburb outside of the major city within commuter distance, but why would that be a good investment?
0: Well, I think I can probably give you a lot of reasons and you can probably give a lot of reasons. So let's switch off reasons. okay? Because otherwise I'm going to sit here and bloviate for quite a while on this one. (laughs) I actually really like this question. I am currently sitting in what 10 years ago, in the Charleston area was the edge of civilization. <laughs> people came out here to buy like 5-10 acre lots and get away from everybody. And those same people are now pissed off because, you know, there's thousands and thousands of houses being built out here and tons of commercial. Mm -hmm. That is what happens to cities as they grow. And if you'll recall, Heather, when I moved to Utah, same thing. I was in an area that was kind of non-existent a decade ago and it had just started to grow. And now it is completely jam-packed with commercial properties and residential and the prices have gone through the roof. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, you say, well, yeah, Ron, but that's not that far out. Why would you go way, way out? Well, in Charleston, when we moved here, there were a couple of areas, one called Goose Creek, one called Monk's Corner, kind of up in that area. They're out west and from downtown, it will take you at least 30 minutes, probably 45. From my house to go see my daughter who lives in Monk's Corner, it takes 45 minutes to get there. Now, why would anyone want to build a house, buy a house, live that far away from downtown? Well, there's businesses in between Mm -hmm. where you could commute to and people still commute that far because the housing out there is far less expensive than it is closer to downtown. New families, blue collar workers, folks who don't make a ton of money a year, they can't afford to live downtown. They can't afford to live what's surrounding downtown. It doesn't work and i can tell you it is blown up out there so much so that there's one little area out there that has become a very very nice high end area because people are going out there to visit folks and going well dang this is nice out here it's all new yeah and it has blown up into this really 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 nice area and the home prices actually have gone up dramatically so when you buy on the edge you get to ride the appreciation train up unless the city dies that is what happens
1: Yes. The city grows and swallows up those smaller towns. I mean, where I live is about 30 minutes or so, 35 minutes from downtown Salt Lake. And I think everyone would assume, oh, well, you have to drive downtown every day. Neither my husband nor I go have like much commuting at all to work. Mm -mm. I think a lot of people are working from home now or working from home at least a few days a week. And so that frees up options to have a bigger yard versus living close to work that's more expensive and often less appealing. Maybe you can get a bigger place for less money. Kind of those logical reasons also. The cool thing too about this particular opportunity, since I'm talking about the specific Oklahoma City market, is you have a lot of people that are commuting into smaller towns even for work And there's just not enough housing for them. So you have a demand also. I mean, that's kind of a kick in the pants for what you already mentioned, Ron, that you get to be able to boost your appreciation potential by having a town that does not have enough housing. A supply and demand problem, Mm -hmm. usually a really good wave to ride. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, we just bought some duplexes in a little town on the outskirts of Greenville, Mm. South Carolina, and they're killing it. And Literally, you drive out to these places and it's like tall grass. There's really nothing around them. And then here's all these duplexes. And even in the little town where we bought these, it's not in the town. They are out and have septic systems. That's how far out they are. And killing it mm-hmm. because of what you just said. And what's interesting in a lot of these markets, it's much for a lightning round. This is turning <laughs> a lot more. Than, but I love this because in every place that I've lived, I've bought a house Personally, in this area, and I've made so much money on appreciation because I've bought in the path of growth in this little area. What's happening is that companies who need to put in large warehouses and big manufacturing facilities and things, they typically have to go outside the city to be able to get the land that they need. So then there's all these jobs that fill in in the middle, and then the commutes even less. For people. And that's what's happened here in Goose Creek and Monk's Corner. There's tons of companies that have filled in along the highway going out there, big, big employers. And that's what happens in every city where this happens. So, buying in the path of growth, if the numbers work, is the thing to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, they just bulldozed our prison that's been here for I don't know how many decades because
0: it's... Mm, Knew that was going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's in the path of growth. It's like right in the thick of everything, this state prison, (laughs) right along the main corridor of commuting traffic too. And so they just barely took down the last tower, those watchman towers or whatever. And I'm just waiting like, okay, what's going in there? Like, I'm assuming commercial, I'm assuming residential, like it's a big piece of land. And yeah, same principle, right? Path of growth.
0: Yeah, that was the edge of civilization when they built the prison. You don't build a prison anywhere even close to people. And the city has completely engulfed it. Like what Heather is describing, if you guys have never been to Salt Lake, The prison is in the middle of the population, like literally. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, very, very expensive homes all around the prison. Mm -hmm. So that property is worth a fortune.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And they're just moving all the inmates out into the West Desert, which is where they should be, not in town where all the very expensive real estate is not where they should reside. So,
1: 100%. All right, man, these are good questions we got. I've been storing these for a hot minute. Okay. To
0: do like a series of lightning rounds if they're all that intense, so.
1: I know, right? Yeah, this one's a little more intense. Maybe we may end up finishing with this one. But what do you guys do? Like we get that question, like, wait, so you have this podcast, you talk about real estate. What exactly is- Did I answer that
0: honestly, Heather? What do I do? I don't know.
1: Our core business, Ron. What is our core business?
0: (laughs) Because I mean, yesterday I went out on my boat to um, write parts of my book. I mean, if I'm being honest, that's what I did yesterday, everybody. So True. Yeah.
1: Was it successful? Did you get writing done?
0: I mean, it was okay. <laughs> it was a beautiful setting for it though.
1: <laughs> Inspirational.
0: That's not what the question was, but that literally is what I did.
1: Yeah. I'll start with this and you fill in the holes of what I'm missing. Okay. So. We are a real estate brokerage that Ron and I both love running. It's called RP Capital, and it is a brokerage that specializes in finding rental properties for business owners, people that want to get into real estate. We help people from their first rental property. We're helping people that are in their over a hundred rental properties that they've bought from us specifically.
0: Commercial property developments, you name it.
1: Yeah. Right now it's super challenging, but also really fun because we're finding great properties and deals, good cash-flowing properties, despite the news saying that, you know, it's not a good time. We're finding that every time is a good time to buy real estate when you stick to your principles. So That's something that we love doing. We help a lot of people.
0: And I don't know what everybody else is finding, but I have found over the last, let's see, I'm 49. I probably started paying attention when I was 15. So, I mean, a long time, people. Over my life, I have found that pretty much anything the news says is not true.
1: (sighs) I was wondering where you were going with
0: this. My whole life. And pretty much anything a politician says is also not true. So if the lead is, I heard this on the news, you can just tune it out. <laughs> the news is so pathetic these days. I mean, back when I was a kid, you could turn on the news and you actually got some news. Today, eh, I don't think that's what you get.
1: Yeah. I think that the higher interest rates have scared a lot of novice investors off. And so deals are popping up and it, it's fun. I mean, we have one right now. We have 30 houses with a builder that they sent us just yesterday And said, they've been trying to offload to a large hedge fund or something like that. These 30 homes, they're all brand new, brand spanking new, not just brand new. And they will rent great. The numbers are checking out and they're close enough. And we know the builders motivated, right? Because they have all of these that aren't selling. They're selling some owner-occupied, but it's they said it's very slow, probably because people qualifying for that size of a mortgage payment on trying to get into like an entry-level home is a little more difficult for people right now. Mm-hmm. So more people are renting right now. So having that as an option for people is it's just more difficult for them to sell. So they're motivated. So we're making numbers work today. And we'll start offering those houses. And it's not as if the
0: numbers don't work. Partner of mine and I were thinking about building 14 or 15 houses for rent Mm. because there's still not enough housing, guys. The government has made it challenging and they will continue to make it more challenging because like we said on the last couple of podcasts ago, they're destroying demand. That is literally what they're doing. And they're doing it on purpose to try to quash the inflation that they have created. Right. So they created the problem. Now they're trying to solve the problem with more legislation and they're trying to solve it with the Fed and raising interest rates. I don't think it's going to work, but it is going to create a lot of pain for a lot of people and people still need housing. So we're very strongly considering building some properties. I can tell you my theory on all of this is that the single family home market is going to remain rather resilient because you cannot replace these properties. Yeah. Inflation is not under control. Everything is costing more every day. The government has basically destroyed the oil and gas industry in our country, which means everything is going to cost more money. Everything is driven on the roads or by rail or by air. So however this stuff gets to you, it's more expensive all the time. That's not going to slow down. So the bits and pieces that create a home are just getting more expensive. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yeah, And we still need housing. So I think it's going to remain rather resilient. That doesn't mean it's going to go up 12% a year like it has. I just don't see that it's going to crash and fall apart because we don't have enough houses. Mm -hmm. But it will be slow and that's going to create opportunity. What people don't understand is that builders, when they have 30 houses sitting, they can't build anymore. The bank's not going to give them any more money until they sell some houses. So in order for them to stay in business and keep feeding their people, they have to keep building houses and that can't happen unless they sell their current inventory. Yeah. And that's why when we come in we can help them. We give them a way out of the 30 so they can remain in business and in the process we create a great deal or a great opportunity for us and for you. That is literally what we do all the time.
1: Yeah. And people who come to us and are interested in what we do and want to buy rental properties, the best way that we help people is to build out what we call a wealth plan that we have talked about on the show a little bit where you can project out what it would take To reach your goal using real estate, it's pretty fun, actually. (laughs) And we built out some software to help illustrate.
0: So, yeah, and it's very personalized, right? So, we talk about your assets, where your assets are, Mm -hmm. how many assets you have to work with, like what is your net worth now? What is your net worth goal? And then, what the software does is it helps us using live inventory. So, it's not pie in the sky stuff. We'll actually use like actual inventory to show you how you can get there. Yeah. And so it's very personalized because nobody is the same. Even two people who have half a million dollars are not the same because the half a million is in different buckets and each one of the buckets have different rules about how you can invest and interest rates and all of that stuff, right? So it's not easy, but it's simple.
1: Yeah. And we offer those wealth plans free of charge. So if it's something you're interested in, you can reach out to us at invest at rpcinvest.com and we can line that up for you. So we should get a like text number on here for people to write in questions. I'll work on that.
0: That's very 21st century of you, Heather.
1: Right? I know. I'm so up to date. Well, we're going to have to record another one of these because we'll go too long if I bring up another one. Maybe we're just long-winded today, but we have some other good questions. So we'll do another lightning round series here. And then I know we've had...
0: Um, s- what's not lightning fast, but also has light. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, but that's what we just did. Not a lightning round. That's true. Some kind of sub lightning round is what we just did.
1: Slow moving lightning is how we roll today.
0: (laughs) But fun. Those are great questions. Um, So I'm looking forward to the next lightning round. And maybe we can actually do lightning on the next one. True.
1: Yeah. We'll try real hard.
0: Awesome. All right. Now you know what we do. So in the event you didn't know, now you know. And there's a lot of boat activity that happens in the interim. (laughs) Only out here in Charleston. Till next week, everybody. Get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.